Welcome to the Save Par Golf Podcast, where two average golfers talk about golf and things. I'm your host, Derek. Oh, that sounded weird. I'm Dom. <laughs> We're currently on episode 95, and we have a very special guest today. We have Gabe with Sticks Golf. They're disrupting golf with full sets of golf clubs for casual golfers. All the quality for half the cost. Make sure to give them a follow on Instagram. Their Instagram handle is at Sticks Golf Gear. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. It's been kind of a long time coming. I think Dom and you kind of set this up a while back from my understanding. Too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we 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 love what you're doing. Uh, Sticks Golf is obviously a company that makes golf clubs, full sets, and then they, you can also get wedges and all that. Um, can can you t- tell us a little bit how how the company came about and where the idea came from? Before we sure. get super into it, Derek loves the putter. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like I said I'm gonna I'm gonna try to game him this week, this week he's, or next week. He's playing around with it. He goes this is my new putter i was like put it back <laughs> you know i went i was at dick's with my family recently and i went into the putting section uh you know because back in covid you couldn't even go in and mess with anything so i was just messing around with some of the putters and everyone i picked up i was like these grips are tiny like in in the dick's setup you know if you go to pga to a superstore or whatever like you get some higher end ones with bigger grips uh but i love our grip on our putter it's, I do too. That's what kind of got me the weight too, for sure. But the, I like the grip a lot. Yeah. If you guys, a few of our recent Instagram reels are me putting and one I'm out with Dave Fink and I'm just like, I'm in a groove with that putter right now. So I'm with you. <laughs> well, good. So, so yeah, let's rewind a little bit and just kind of tell us again, like where, where, where it kind of came about, like what gave you the idea and, and, and kind of start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to, I just booked a tea time on Thursday morning this week is Tuesday night right now. So in two days, <clears throat> I booked a tea time back at Potawatomi municipal golf course in St. Charles here. It's right on the Fox river. It's a nine hole course, uh, 15 to $20 green fee, depending on the time of day. Uh, and if you buy a punch card, it's like, you know, you can get six rounds for like 10 bucks each or something. Um, but that is where this idea really came to life. It was me and my co-founders out there golfing at a municipal, which is what we did. We weren't country clubbers. We weren't, uh, you know, golf trippers. We weren't private lesson kind of people. We were, we were all rocking like 20 year old sets of clubs playing a municipal. And at some point we were playing enough that we were like, why are we all still rocking these old clubs? Like, we feel like we're better than this. We feel like we deserve better than this. Um, and then we kind of got to talking like, yeah, why haven't we? We kind of talked about what our shopping experiences had been. And some of us had upgraded a putter, upgraded a driver. Um, but it was, you know, we're paying 10 or 20 bucks a round. And we're like, it's like hundreds of rounds to go buy a new set of clubs, right? Based on the typical shopping experience. So that's the conversation just kind of started of like, why doesn't golf have the equivalent of like a Harry's razor or a Casper mattress or an Allbirds shoe? That's just really high quality, looks awesome, easy to buy, performs with the best of them. Why doesn't that exist? When I go shopping for golf clubs, I feel like it's a, it's an archaic gimmicky, um, overhyped polarized world of starter sets and custom fit sets. And we're like, this is, uh, this seems like nonsense. I wonder, I wonder why this doesn't exist. So that's, 
that's how it started was we wanted something that didn't exist. Sure. And I can take you further down the road if you want, but that's that you may have more probing questions, but that's like, that's like ground zero. Did you, I mean, have you been playing golf for quite a while? Yeah. At that point I had probably been playing golf for around 20 years. I think I got my first set when I was around 12 years old. It was a $20 set from a church rummage sale where every club was older than I was. Uh, no two clubs matched. The bag was made of leather. The woods were made of wood. The clubs were rusty, all different heights, um, weights. Who knows if they're if, what flexes were at that point. My woods probably had metal shafts, you know, and all the grips were were hard and slippery. Yep. Um, so that that's how it started. And I, I played enough with buddies, again, municipal courses, mostly executives, so par three courses. So I'm really good with my irons. I probably spent 10 to 20 years just playing par three type courses back in Seattle where I'm from. Um, freshman year of high school, I got cut from the baseball team. So I went and joined the golf team where again, I was not like a serious golfer. I just, I was JV and never competed, never got coached, just got to play for free for the season and loved it. <clears throat> but yeah, by the time we're having this conversation, where stick started, I, I had upgraded once, like right when I had enough money, I bought a set of clubs, like when I was 17. Um, and that's what I'd used for 20 years. And through that, my golf journey was casual. I played a handful of times a year at best. Uh, I had four kids in my thirties. And so, uh, actually, sorry, my twenties. And so like not a lot of like sneaking away and spending money on, on golf and whatever. So, um, and that's how a lot of my, my friends and the co-founders of sticks, that's, that was kind of a similar story. We're like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there where this is probably the same deal. When you say your co-founders, how, how many people were involved in actually, uh, you know, when you, was it just like a foursome when you're playing golf and you said, you mentioned it playing at a municipal course or just like a group of buddies that said, Hey, there, there isn't anything like what we're thinking of. Is that kind of how it came about? Yeah, it was, it was a, a couple different groups of, uh, guys I was golfing with. And I was at a venture studio at the time where we were in the business of, starting new businesses. We were always um, coming up with validating, iterating, launching, and growing different digital products uh, ourselves uh, with, with early stage founders and inside larger enterprise organizations. So we were always hearing ideas from people and validating if they had any sticking power, if we could establish product market fit, if we could actually like grow a business within that space. And so these are the people I'm hanging out with and golfing with. And so when we have this idea, we kind of like start running it through the same playbook that we're used to. Of Okay, here's an idea like any like new founder that's pitching us is coming up with. Let's let's run it through the validation model and see what comes out the other side. Um, and so that's how stick started. It was a validation experiment that just kept checking the boxes. Sure. It was do people want a mid-market club, something that's not that's not a, a cheap starter set and something that's not an overpriced kind of professional level set. And it's it's funny because the day that we had this initial conversation at Potawatomi Golf Course, by that evening, we had a logo and a name and a domain. 
Um, by the next day, we had um, three a 3D model mock-up of, of golf clubs because one of my co-founders, a world-class industrial designer, um, behind me, I've got, I've got our Red Dot Award. We won the Red Dot Award in 2022 for product design, which is like a big deal in design in general. And it's like completely unique for golf clubs uh, that we run won the Red Dot Award. So yeah, by day two, we had logo domain, we had the golf clubs design and we started putting them in front of people. Um, in there's a website called pickfu.com uh, where you can put basically three images, two or three, four images in front of people and have them vote. And people can use this for like ad concepts, logos, whatever. And we, so we put like a starter set, this new sticks thing that didn't exist and, and like big name brands. And we were like, what would you pick? And 25% of the people chose our thing. Wow. We were like 25%. That's not everybody, but that's something. Yeah, um, and so we just kept going and at every stage, it kind of exceeded expectations. That's very cool. That's kind of the first thing, first time I've ever heard of, like you said, it's kind of unique for a golf industry to win an award like that. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard of that. So that's very cool. Um, what, I, and I might've missed it. Um, uh, but did you say what year it was that you launched the company? That was my question. It was oh. like, what year did all this kind of like, what, when did the idea start? Like your wise, not to like age you or anything. Yeah. It was about the summer. It was the summer of 2019 that we had the idea and we okay. did some of this validation work and then um, we got busy and golf stopped, right? COVID hit early 2020, literally the PGA tour shut down, golf courses were closed and so we we're like, let's go focus on some other things for a little bit, which thankfully we weren't like too all in yet. Uh, we had the idea, we had done some work, but everybody was just kind of like side hustle part-time on this experiment. And then when golf came back post-COVID, like golf surged, as we all know, it was like, we, there was one of the largest viewership PGA events in history. Uh, suddenly you can't book a tee time because it's one of the only socially distanced things you can do. So at this point, the timing was kind of right from an industry standpoint and for a lot of uh, the kind of the busyness and, and the seasonality of the co-founders. And we were like, should we do this? And so we, we kind of committed in um, the summer of 2020 and we launched it actually it's September 5th. Now we launched September 1st, 2020. Okay. Congrats on three years. Yeah. Thank you. That's crazy. Yeah, in three years, they say, I pitched this to my team a couple of offsites ago. Only 1% of businesses receive VC funding. Only 1% of those ever make a million dollars. And I actually don't know the stats on uh, reaching profitability, but it's like we've, we've covered a lot of ground in three years and we're really proud of the progress that we've made. And there's been plenty of stumbling and, and learnings and snags along the way. It's been, um, it's been a ride, but it's crazy what's happened because not a lot of companies check a lot of those boxes. You kind of mentioned your target audience as far as you okay. Yeah. I kind of like <laughs> there. Um, your target audience is for someone who's, you know, a decent golfer, but they don't want to spend maybe thousands yeah. of dollars on clubs. Right. Cause you, like you said, you can go to the PGA superstore and spend a minimum of $1,500 a 
on up for a set of clubs. And yeah. sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because there's so many other options. Um, oh, this reminds me. So not to totally steal it. Oh. So a friend of mine, actually, he kept talking. I kept talking about how much I play golf, how much I like golf, how much Derek and I play golf together. He went out and bought himself a set of sticks. And this was yeah. before before I had met Gabe. This is before we had any interaction with sticks. Really? So he's, That's really cool. Yeah, so my buddy's got a full set of sticks. Just well, there we go. Randomly. That's kind of cool. And yeah, I think you're probably going along the same lines as me. Yeah. Basically, what drew him to sticks was price, the look, and the fact that they were kind of, I don't want to say they're geared towards beginners because they're really geared towards everybody. Mm. But he could understand everything that was being talked about on the website. Sure. Which I thought was super cool because you go on like, like you and I both at Cobra Clubs, right? You go on Cobra and it's all sorts of numbers and all sorts of lofts and everything. And a little overwhelming. You it, yeah. I mean, even for me, who yeah. you know, I played golf a while, I still don't know what half that stuff means. Yeah. So for him going on to sticks was super smooth. Um, and yeah, he has a set of sticks and has liked them so far. And the I name too it. is kind of genius because that's what they are. They're sticks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love it. Well, I love, I love hearing that story because, you know, you set out to do something and sometimes you wonder if it's landing with people. Right. But I love it when I talk to people and they just kind of like say all the brand values when they talk about sticks, but hearing that, I mean, hearing that like the website is digestible for normal people, like that's huge. Um, because that's how we felt. We felt like golf's intimidating. Like if you walk into a store and you're like, Hey, I want to buy some golf clubs. It's like, here begins like this super complicated, super expensive, confusing, condescending journey. Right. Yes. That you're just 100%. like, never mind. I think I'll just keep using what I got because <laughs> I'll just keep my is- clubs that I spent $8 on. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like a, it's, I mean, I don't, this is maybe not a fair comparison, but it's like a used car lot. It's, it's not like a used car lot, but a used car lot's shopping experience is so painful that you're just like, I'll do anything to avoid that. Like, I'll just keep driving my car or I'll buy a private party where I don't know anything. Uh, the golf club buying experience in person can't, isn't, golf's getting better, right? Uh, I was just reading Golf Digest right now and I was talking about like, golf is getting better. It's it's becoming more um, of the exception than the norm. A lot of these really bad stereotypes that you'll run into. But I think, you know, I grew up in it. So I still have like this, a little bit of phobia of just like somebody's going to call me out for wearing the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. Uh, I worked at a, I was a caddy at Seattle golf club when I was 12 or 13. And that was like kind of the epitome of just, you're always on edge, right? You're like, ah, I'm going to do something wrong here. It's also, it's also uptight. Walking on walk. Yeah, exactly. Walking on pins basically. Yeah. Shells. Yeah. Or shell. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to say the same kind of thing. It's even, even with, even with like new, new dealer car dealerships. I mean, I had a, I just bought a Mazda CX-5 last year and it's like, it should be besides a house. It's one of the more expensive purchases you're making. And it's like, it should be a, an enjoyable experience, not one that you're just like trying to just get the heck out of there. And and so yeah. like kind of tying that back with going to like golf, uh, a golf place where you buy new clubs sometimes it's like the you've seen those videos where they'll bump up the yardages and distance things where it's like they're just you know trying to make a sale like you hit this like 310 yards and it's like i'm really only hitting it like 260 probably but that's and i'm not trying to knock a lot of those because there are a lot of good professionals and um 
coaches out there that will help. But I do agree. And I think kind of going back to Dom's Dom's friend, I think that's a huge uh, bonus on your guys' side. You know, it's, it's, it's very easy for someone to, you know, to not feel overwhelmed with what they're looking for. You know, it's like they have a great yeah. look, yeah. very sleek. There's not a whole lot of options, which is kind of a nice thing. Too. I actually, I just texted him. What's that? My oh, friend. Your friend? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's fantastic. And, and kind of going back to the target audience, I was kind of wanted to see like where most of your sales generate. Are you doing a lot of it strictly on like Instagram and social media, or is it, is it primarily like right on your website? Cause you're not in any like the big box stores, correct? Uh, we're in PGA Tour Superstore. Oh, you are? Okay. And we're in Shields, who's uh, um, mostly Midwest. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sporting goods, awesome partners. Um, and then we've been, you know, online with a few companies like Curated, Target.com, Academy Sports. Um, so we've got quite a few channels. Primarily, it's direct through our through our site, though. Advertising oh. on different channels like social media, but the, most of the sales come direct in and, and so you you're located out of kind of you'd say like in the suburbs of chicago the midwest in the midwest there um you have a big warehouse but do you have like a storefront where somebody could come in and do some demos or or is that a, is that a plan that you'd like to have down the road we don't currently it's not in the plans okay. you know we've seen we've seen that go um maybe well and we've seen it go really wrong for certain D2C brands. Like I think Allbirds is out way, way out over their skis on their, um, on their physical stores. So I think there's some learnings to be had. And, and, and I don't think as fast as we're growing and as far as we're reaching, I think, you know, one off physical stores right now, um, is not what we need. We, we tried to solve the problem of, you know, the reason for a store is that somebody can touch it before they buy it. We solve that problem with our 30 day return policy. It's like order it, try it, send it back if you don't like it. But, um, and that, and that's working. Trying to reach people and let them touch it ahead of time is just so much more complicated and expensive than just saying, look, order it. And if you don't like it, send it back. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the whole brick and mortar thing too, it's, I mean, there, there's definitely pros and cons to both, but you kind of found that way to, Kind of stay stay out of that for the most part. You know? Yeah, and then we've got partners, right? We we get sure. you know through through partners like Shields, we get a lot of doors uh, instead of opening our own, and in they're great partners, and their salespeople are big fans of what we're doing, and um, we'll let the retailers be the retailers, and we'll uh, we'll stick to direct for now. That's smart. I never looked at it that way. It's a good way to look at it. You know you. I don't want to say you get your foot in the door, but you know, you, you get your, your foot in the door with shields and then you just let people touch it there and you know, it saves you money and it still gets the product in people's hands. Yeah. And it's just faster, right? That's you get, you get 30 doors with one retailer, you get another hundred with another retailer versus, you know, it's going to take a lot of energy to open up a couple stores uh, from our standpoint versus, and and that's just not going to get us that much reach. You know, if you're if you're a brand that's like born in a cool area and it makes sense to have like a flagship store um, that is the the HQ or something like that's kind of cool where we're at actually is a a big golf center like Chicago suburbs 
some of the golf retailers out here, like their biggest stores are here, um, which is surprising because Chicago's cold half the year. Like you're not golfing for like four to five months out of the year, but there's a lot of golfers out here that spend a lot of money. And when they are golfing, they're golfing a lot. So like still one of our biggest geos is Chicago that we sell clubs in. And it's not just because we're here. Sure. That's kind of in the same, we're in the kind of that Midwest, you know, Minneapolis, Minnesota area, same boat, like it's colder. Have, yeah. It's, it's really cold, but we have those golfers that are just like said, we have that short window, but when we have that time to play, we get out and play as much as we can. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes sense. The cool thing is you never guess that we have a short window just from the way people talk about golf, the way people play golf. We talk yeah. about it. Like we play, you know, year round. year round or we have the ability to play year round. And that's not the case at all. So I've always thought that well, was really and, and now we can, right. It's like the sim stuff is getting so popular and affordable. Mm-hmm. Like I've got the, uh, what the Garmin R10 and that thing's awesome. I set it up in my basement and I can play golf mm-hmm. that, yeah. that and a hitting net and I'm good to go. Um, Those are cool. I've got the, I've got the golf club holes in my ceiling to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Do you ever blame it on one of the kids? Yes, because it is the kids. It's actually (laughs) one of my kids. kids, One of my kids buddies is over. And of course, I like set up this whole thing. And then the kids just get after it. But you know, my my brother in law put one through just fully through the the ceiling. And so do one of my, my son's buddies. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. But those are very cool. And you're right, though, that is, that's a huge uh, advantage for some of us. Midwest people that just can't play golf all year round. There's definitely ways around it, which, which helps a lot. But um, so we were talking about earlier, like we love the aesthetic, the look of the clubs, um, like where did the inspiration come from? And like, from like start to finish, like when did you guys realize, okay, like, yep, this is what we want it to look like and put yeah. it in production. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so we had like a mock-up on day two of what we wanted. So <clears throat> Two of the co-founders are designers. So my my career started as a designer, graphic design, web design. And then we have our world-class industrial designer co-founder, co-founder, Kyle Buzzard. And, you know, as we had these early conversations about what we wanted, um, part of it was like, it's all ugly. You know, we were like, it's cheap or it's expensive. And either way you go, even if you spend the big bucks, it looks crazy. You know, so as designers, we're like, again, where's the Harry's razor? Where's the Allbirds? Um, Because the golf clubs look like Gillette razors that like just keep adding blades and pivot things and and lines and grooves and neon lights. And you're like, and claiming it's functional and claiming it's extending, you know, it's going to make you hit further and straighter, which for most of us. No club is going to do that. We got to fix our game. Yep. And so we were like, what would a great, this is one of the initial problems. Like what would a great looking golf club look like? Like what would, what would be the best looking golf club? Now there are some good looking golf clubs. Um, and I, and I talk about Mira because it's like, it's just, it's very purist and minimal. Why do I have to pay so much for somebody to just simplify things? Everybody else is just adding lines and weights and dials and grooves and stripes and lightning bolts down the shaft. And you're like, guys, that looks crazy. It, it all looks like a, like a sign or a, you know, like it all looks cheap. It looks like cheap design. 
<clears throat> so that was something we wanted to solve out of the gate was like, what would be the best looking golf clubs that we would want to carry? And what we said is um, the way Kyle puts it is the best way to stand out in a noisy room is to be quiet. I like that. So while everybody's out there screaming at each other, I'm more high tech than you. No, I'm more high tech than you. We were just like simple and black. That's that's awesome. That's really cool. I like that. Uh, in the yeah, I mean, you guys did an amazing job. I think the look is fantastic. When you guys came up with the with the idea for the clubs, did you guys anticipate just doing like like an iron set, or did you have the full intention of doing the driver, the the woods, the putter, and everything, the the wedges? You know, I think the first mock up was just irons. Okay, this is a fun story. We. We were like, maybe it's all a design play. You know, maybe that's that's all this is because it's it's also unattractive to us. Maybe it's just about design and like personalization. So one of these early validation tests we did, we said, what if people could pick their grip color, their shaft color, their head color and mix and match? Um, maybe that would be super cool and people would love that. So one of these validation tests we did, uh, we ran ads, drove them to a landing page, and had them customize their set. And it was hundreds of people that did this. And given all these cool color combinations, 100% of people chose the same color combination. Really? Black on black on black. Hmm. <laughs> wow. So we that's were like, well, that's that simplifies things. Yeah, answers that question, huh? Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's, it's very cool, too, that you guys really did your homework on, you know, you didn't just come up with a name want to do something and just like build it and put it out there you know what i mean like you actually did the due diligence of like when we do it we want to do it right and you can definitely tell that you know yeah so coming so so i came from I, I was a designer then i was a software developer i i forgot to tell you that he's got a background with this stuff okay well it makes sense yeah after <laughs> everything you've been saying so yeah yeah. And in software, right. It's agile development, right? Like software uh, companies learn, don't just like build a feature roadmap and spend two years building it and then launch it. Like do iterative releases and do AB tests and like gather feedback and see what's resonating and what's not. And like build the product iteratively um, sure. rather than like betting so much on what five people sitting in a room are going to guess about, right? Like, like it's that's that can be really expensive misses. So if you're gonna miss, miss small, miss quickly, they say fail fast. Um, and that was kind of the same mantra at the venture studio, whether it was software or it was product development, like learn quickly, iterate quickly and cheaply. Um, and then as you scale, that has to slow down for better or for worse. I I miss the the more rapid iteration. Once you get to a certain size, you can't pivot as quickly. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, so, but your, I think your original question was, was it always going to be sets? And so the first test was irons, but we knew that we wanted to do sets because we wanted the purchasing process to be as simple as possible. And that meant just give me a set. Just, I want new golf clubs. Here you go. Right. Like, because buying woods comparing woods you know dom like you guys are talking about comparing all the stats and the performance and testing and whatever it's like look 
my decision is going to be about, does it look awesome? Does it feel good? And is it affordable? Like that's how I'm going to shop. And that's why people are going to choose sticks. And so let's just, and, and hopefully people just want to upgrade and they want to just do it all at once. They don't want the process of comparing and making all these individual decisions. They just want to upgrade their set, which, which goes back to your question about demographics and is it beginners or is it more advanced? We've always said, I want to be your first upgrade and maybe your last upgrade. I'm fine. If it's your first set of clubs, we don't position ourselves as a starter set. I want to be the first upgrade for everybody's starter set, everybody rocking strata and top flight and their, their, you know, box set that was three to $500. I want to be your first upgrade. Once you're like, I'm in, right. I don't want to be the cheapest set out there that, you know, people starter sets usually like, I'm not sure. So I'm just going to spend as little as possible to see if it sticks. Once you're ready, I want to be your first upgrade with a super solid, legit set of clubs um, or your first upgrade from dad's hand-me-downs, grandpa's hand-me-downs, the garage sale set, the used set. Once you're ready for that leap, I want to make that leap a lot easier for you, right? Because the leap can be from $500 to $5,000 and it can be that whole shopping experience that we talked about that's complicated, confusing, intimidating, and all those things. What are some of your goals as, as a company? Like, and uh, like, even like future, like, do you have anything that you want to talk about that you might have that's releasing in the near future or that you're working on in your future? So before you answer that, I wanted to show off. I did grab, Oh yeah. I did grab one of the clubs for people to see. So we have the black on black on black right here. Yeah. Well, five iron. Is that what it is? I don't know. It's a five iron. I hate you. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. Um, it's super simple. <laughs> just uh, just call me Ames. So uh, you were talking about Mira. Um, I work in the running industry, so I immediately thought of, you know, you're saying simplistic. I immediately thought of Mizuno. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, both from Japan. Um, I don't know if it's something about like Japanese design or something like that, but theirs is simple. It's the point. The Mizuno is a little bit more flashy especially lately with some of the new stuff they're putting out with their energy stuff. Wrong podcast for that. But I mean, this is simple. It's classy looking has the number. Thankfully. Um, My favorite part is it does say sticks right there on the hosel. And then I personally, I love the grips, but it's super simple. I almost think they're like elegant and classy looking. Yeah, I agree. Like they're, so they're priced price competitively, but they like I almost don't want to hit them because they look so good. <laughs> but I, I know I know we're supposed to, and I know I'm, I'm gonna. But like, it's I mean it's pretty. It's a nice club, and I like the really minimal branding. Just you know, in that area, I think it's clean. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sexy club. I like the red line too. You guys have them. Yeah, the red one. One little one kept... little highlight for functionality, right? Like that's that's the touch point. The red line is where you make contact, you know, every, and then on the bag, we have the red on just the zipper poles. So like the red always highlights the, the touch point. That, uh, the, like those memes that you see where they like got new clubs and then striped it, but the picture is like the imprint of the golf ball. And it's like way on the toe <laughs> of the clubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. You did a, you guys did an awesome job. Um, 
but yeah, kind of going back to that question, it was kind of a loaded question, but I always kind of like to ask, you know, companies, you know, whether it's individually on your end, where you'd like to see your company, where, the, where you'd like to see the company grow, or if you do have some goals that you I'm guys so have. upset you knew that it was a five iron. I, I might have saw it. I just didn't. I don't even know what it was. He just eyeballed the, the angle of the loft from yeah, across. I'm, the room. I'm big into angles. I had no idea. I was like, this is a club. I took it. <laughs> Grab another one. I'll close my eyes. No, because you probably know what the order. <laughs> can tell by the pocket it's pulled from. <laughs> he knows the order. Um, as far as plans, you know, we always want to make we want to make golf more accessible. And so, um, and then we also want to take care of our customers. So as far as the product roadmap goes, you know, people can expect to see us continue to try to deliver as high of quality as we can at, at as affordable price as we can. Um, and to give people the options that they want and need without making it too complicated. Uh, when is this podcast releasing? Friday. The... The eighth, okay. whatever day yeah. Friday is. That yeah. the right. I'll, I'll give I'll give one sneak peek on here. Ooh, all right, I like it. On September, at the end of September, you know this. I I, I think this this product release is funny because I feel like it's an Apple product release where it's like we're doing this crazy thing, and and people are like, yeah, Android was doing that two years ago. So here's here's the big unveil, guys. God, the funny part is he's all Apple and I'm all Android. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have that conversation a lot, probably yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, guess what? I Apple just released. And you're like, dude, that's like so 2018, ago. dude. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So get this: we are going to release steel shafts. Can you believe it? Oh, okay. <laughs> very cool. I remember so, when that was new. Yeah. Uh, so when we, we've been graphite forever, we've been graphite forever. And, you know, when we launched, we were 12 clubs, no bag, no head covers. When people are like, we want a bag and head covers and we want 14 clubs. So we did that. So we're always listening and trying to give people what they want. And many people have said, we want steel iron shafts. Like, and we're like, give the people what they want. We don't, we don't necessarily even believe like graphite is the best. We're like, we started with graphite. We've rocked graphite. Um, if you want steel, here's steel. Um, but lo logistically, I mean, through COVID, you can imagine there was certain reasons why just steel wasn't a thing. But by the end of this month, you can get steel irons and wedges from sticks in a full set. I kept wondering why there's only graphite and I never put two and two, two together. And two together. Yeah, it makes sense. Because Derek and I were like sitting around these things. We're like, they're graphite. And I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable because I've always hit <laughs> iron, like all my irons and wedges are, are steel. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if I'd be comfortable because one time I tried to hit a graphite. I wasn't, to be fair, it was also like super bendy and wiggly. Super Benio. He hit it 400 yards. I wish. I don't think I've ever hit anything 400 yards. Um, that's cool. That is really cool. Um, um, there was one little nugget too, because I, I I don't know if I've asked this earlier, but we 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 could have. I could have blanked it. But left-handed clubs are always difficult to kind of get your hands on. Is that something that you guys typically do stock? I mean, we're both right-handed golfers, but for, we know a lefty. For, yeah, for lefties that are out there, it is it is difficult to find those clubs. Is that something that you guys typically have in stock in your warehouse. Yep. And they're coming back. Um, 
they've been out for a while. So the lefties are lining up um, at the door. So sign up for that out of stock if you want to be notified because they're probably going to go fast once they get here. But right. lefties will be back before the end of the year so people can continue to sign up for that. We'll get the lefties back in stock. Oh, I was going to say one more thing about graphite. We started with graphite and, and I'm a big walker. I love to walk the course and carry my clubs. And even with 14 clubs, that was totally comfortable. Now that I have my steel set, cause I'm, you know, doing the player testing on the prototypes. That is a lot heavier. <laughs> that is a lot heavier for carrying. That is, that is an, well, I mean, I'm only, sense, I've only ever used, you know, steel. And I also yeah. have like a push cart, push cart when you're, you know, but for the walk for walking though, that does make sense. And they're a lot, of, they're a lot lighter that, I walked with my push cart. It's not my fault. Yeah. My back hurts. Like no, I know, but I'm just saying. No, like for people that no, I know with their bag, it, it makes a lot. I of never sense. put two and two together. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, probably why the box is so light. We're learning stuff, new stuff all the time, which is what I love. Um, I I do want to ask a couple more business related questions, just as far as like some of your favorite parts and some of the harder parts. But I do want to ask: Do you guys plan on making like any divot tools or like other golf accessories? I know that you have some some tees and some um the golf gloves and such but uh do you plan on doing like a divot tool or anything like that i do yeah that's that's something we're working on right now okay oh damn look so at we'll, us we'll, we'll and we're working you. on and we're working on some new hats and towels so we got we should have some some good accessory packs available for holiday okay oh perfect timing awesome and we yeah i mean obviously we'd love to have you on again before maybe before the end of the year we can do it at the beginning of next year and we'd like to always have our guests on at least one more time and we can always oh. we kind of like to do that where we started and you know where where, where you're going where we're going yeah where yeah. you guys are exactly um unless so, you really had a bad time <laughs> yeah unless you don't want to come on <laughs> um but what what has been like one of your favorite parts of of running this company or working with the other individuals the co-founders like what's been one of your favorite like your highlights oh Man, it's been a ride. Um, for me, the most exciting time is always the early days. You know, even having the co-founders that I did, uh, the way it started is, you know, for the September one launch three years ago, I, I approached a few people that I had talked to about the idea that were friends and people that I was golfing with, and we had talked about it. And I, I had offered to hire a few of them on like a contract basis. I'm like, look, I'm working a full time job. I need some kind of side help just to keep some of this stuff going. Cause I don't, I don't have time for all this. And every single one that I asked that was like, I don't want money. I want equity. I love this. I want to be in. Um, so that was, you know, there was like the validation test from the market. And then there was like that validation test where you've got people um, that believe in you and believe in the idea who will take, you know, years out payout in it in the form of equity versus cash up front which usually it's the founder having to like sell people hey i can't afford to pay you anything but will you do it for equity i'm not sure if it's going anywhere uh like that's right. usually what a founder is doing and so it was cool in the early days for everybody to refuse money and demand equity uh that was confidence building and then you know those early days too of uh raising friends and family money and seeing uh, family members and old uh, previous business partners and people that I was working with at the venture studio put up money to get behind this idea. Um, that was an exciting time. 
have you ever been like out in the wild and like seen people in the jungle? Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the jungles of the municipal courses. courses? Yeah. God, I don't, I was picking up what you're putting down. God, because the course I played was a jungle. Um, have you been out in like the wild and been like, those are my clubs. Like I make those. Yes. Yeah. What's that feeling like? It's super cool. Um, and, and people are always so happy with their experience and their clubs and it, and it always over delivers. So it's always exciting to talk to them. I will say it's been less so on the course, um, like seeing people with the clubs, more people are like that know about the brand. Like I'll be in an airport with this hat and I'll get, I'll get flagged down. Um, or we, we showed up to a course in, uh, was it Salt Lake City? It was Denver. And like, and it, you know, we tend to attract a younger crowd. So I'm at some, I think it was a country club in Denver and, uh, the kids, you know, uh, picking up my clubs and driving the cart up are like, Hey, you know, sticks. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm the founder. And they're like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's going to be very, very cool. Subtle flex. Yeah. So it's always fun to see what the reach is. And again, that like people get it. That's, that's the best part. And we start talking to them. They're like, I love how it looks. It, I love how simple it is. I love that it's affordable. Like it's everything I've ever wanted from a golf company and it hasn't existed. Um, yep. Now, I think part of the reason I, f- I find so many people that are aware of the brand that, that don't have the clubs is because we still are like a- attracting this. Aut- There's this huge group out there that still can't afford clubs, even though we're trying to make clubs more affordable, like golf's just expensive. Um, so we're continuing. We want to try to help solve that problem as much as we can. I'm actually, the reason I'm going to Potawatomi in two days is I'm kicking off. I don't want to overhype it because I'll, I'll certainly under deliver on this, but I'm doing a little municipal tour to just highlight municipal courses, uh, to, sh- to just remind people like, Hey, gear can be affordable courses can be affordable like this game can be enjoyable without being super expensive i love that that's awesome i was recently talking to um josh from haywood Mm -hmm. and just kind of going back and forth you know on the on the instagram whatever and i asked him the same question i was like you know what's it like seeing people play with uh his haywood irons because i know derek has some i've got a couple um he had kind of the same answer where you know what if i've never seen anybody with like our like shindig hoodies in the wild mm-hmm. um obviously your wife had it on today and i was like that's pretty cool yeah represent but way to go wifey well it's almost like we paid her for <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wear that yeah but he was saying the same thing and i'm like you can't even imagine like what that feeling would be you know you take all the time and effort design the product you go through all these phases and then you finally put it out there and now people are like pumped about it i think that's so cool i don't think anybody's been like you're dommed out from the podcast other than like beard and like juju yeah which was still weird it's still pretty cool though <laughs> you know one but day, though, one day one day someone's yeah. gonna be like it's dumb there he is. i could see that beard and i'm gonna flip my hair <laughs> and just walk away yeah. like a mystery um <laughs> what so kind of got like one of your favorite parts about that what what has been one of the what's one of the hardest things that you've kind of found operating the company yeah i mean depends on how honest i want to be i guess like it's it's 
there's there's been dark times. <laughs> my, my wife will attest. Um, I I was a designer. I was a software developer. Like I was a creative, and being a CEO and executive and raising venture funding and growing an organization and doing performance reviews and hiring and firing and um you know getting getting close on money and and goals and you know there's there's been plenty of misses um how, how do i summarize i probably won't go into detail on like the darkest times but um i guess i'll say it's just been it's just growing pains for me personally as a founder right you're like hey i got this idea let's validate it and suddenly you're like oh shit i'm on a rocket ship and i'm not an astronaut and i don't know what the hell to do right yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um and so you know thankful for um having great teammates and and uh, advisors and investors that have uh, still believed in me to continue to grow and evolve with this. You know, I'm always kind of blown away as part of this journey to think of what some people have done that are like some of the greatest like founders that I admire, like it was their first time and they just went all the way and you're like, what yeah. in the world? And And there's plenty of stories of people just getting completely fried in the process too. But you're like, Mark Zuckerberg, like literally you wrote something in college and you just made it a global empire. Like, yeah. And, and if, and well, from what I've heard, there's the real story is like, he had the right people to, that were brought along with him to like help. It's not like he just figured it all out. Sure. The right team you know? behind him. That was helpful yeah. for sure. Um, so as a business owner, do you have any like suggestions or like recommendations for anyone that is looking to start a company doesn't necessarily have to be golf related, but what's something that like a, a piece of advice that you would, you'd give someone. Are we business owners? We might be. Yeah. It was safe. Our golf LLC is technically a company. Well, I don't own that one. Yeah. Yeah. I know the guy. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have lots. Um, and actually this journey has been um, such a ride that I'm trying, I want to document and share as much as I can about it. So I've been writing a little bit and publishing to medium and putting it on my Instagram at Gabe coin. Um, I've got three articles so far, but my goal is to like capture as much of this journey as I can to, because, because I'm like, I wish, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of content out there that I could have read. Um, but everybody's journey is unique and We've learned a lot along the way. And, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, most people never make it this far, right? Like if, if only 1% ever receive venture funding, only 1% of those ever make a million dollars, like a lot of people don't make it right. for some reason along the way. Let's talk about how we navigated some of that and see if it can help somebody else. So the first article I, I wrote was called... Um, why start stuff? And it's just like encouraging entrepreneurs to just start something like you guys are doing, like whatever it is. Uh, I always like to say fire, ready, aim, or, you know, jump in the deep end and learn how to swim for better or for worse. Um, you know, that can, that can have its own challenges, but sometimes you just got to do it and you're going to have to, you know, it's like being a new parent. People are like, Hey, so do you think you're ready for this baby? It's like you have no you have no freaking clue about the train that's about to hit you, you know. You can no matter read as how many books as you want, probably right. Uh huh. Uh huh. 
Um, I, but I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think literally, I, so I try to ask that question for a lot of the business owners. And I think I would say 85, 90% of the people that say that, and, and I would agree is that take that step and just sometimes you just got to push that foot forward and do it because I mean, I think being uncomfortable is sometimes the best thing you can do. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. I, I love that piece of advice. I'm going to check out those articles though. I I, I have his Instagram. Okay. Up. Yeah. I, cause I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big reader and I like, I'm big in the entrepreneurial reading and just like more positivity type of books and things like that. But I think it's, yeah, really you can't cool. see it, but he's got a big bookshelf here. And some of them are my books that he has now stolen and made his I've, own. I've, uh, yeah, I've adopted them. They're mine. <laughs> <laughs> got Arnold Palmer book. I'm never getting that thing back. Nope. Nope. That one's, that one's locked. That's weird. The bookshelf's locked. No, I, 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 uh, I think that's really cool that you're doing that because at the end of the day, I mean, there's, there's so much room for a lot of other businesses and companies to, to start something. And there's, um, yeah, you know, being able to kind of, like you said, document and share some of the things that maybe you've learned that you would or wouldn't do, you know, going forward or some of the things that you should do, you know? So I think that's very cool. People uh, are doing that with us podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ralph from uh, Los Calferos, he wants to do one and he's like, hey, you know, what do I do? And I was like, don't do this because that's what we did. And now we're stuck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's and again, it's it's a learning process, right? Sometimes you just got to do it. And, you know, going back to your comments, you were a designer of these things. Well, now, you know, you're a designer, but now you now you own a company. So, you now you're a little bit. You're like everything. Right. So it's not just you make money and you go to work and you do your thing. And now it's that is what you do and you're going to do multiple things, whether it's designing, you know, paying employee, whatever it is, you're going to have to be involved in a little bit of everything. You're the guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the early days for sure. And there's been, so that's something I've actually done a lot of reading about is like the evolution of a founder, right? In the early days, you are doing everything. Eventually it changes a lot. You can't delegate. Yeah. You got to get, you got to become a leader. You got to be able to, actually build an organization and, and optimize an organization. Uh, and you got to build, you got to build the right team. Um, and that's hard because many times a person who can like get in there and do everything, it's a really hard transition <laughs> to then zooming out and having a team that's doing it all. And, sure. you know, I, I will say one of my favorite quotes is from at, at least where I heard it was the Airbnb founder in an article I read, he said, always hire better. Um, I've been in organizations where we tried to hire cheap or junior and like, just like offload some tasks kind of thing. Yep. Um, but at this point, I'm a big fan of like, if you're going to hire somebody, hire somebody who's better than you at the thing you're hiring them to do. Don't, like that. don't just hire minions to like delegate tasks to like hire experts if it's going to grow so that you can, you know, I'm not the best at running a warehouse. I'm not the best at running finances. I'm not the best at a lot of things. Um, I'm I'm good at some things, but man, if if I was the best person at everything that Sticks did, uh, it would not be where it is. Sure. For, well, I don't know what song that was. That runs one of my favorite quotes, and it's uh, one of the. Best Ron Swanson quotes I've ever heard. <laughs> Ron Swanson, yes. It's uh, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I was just starting to rewatch that. I love that. I've seen it like seven times. Yes. It's the same thinking though, right? Like, you know, you're the person that does everything. 
that's fine. You know, I'm kind of in that position right now where I'm having to do everything, but I'm trying to hire. But you should whole ass on hiring or whole ass on whatever you're doing. So like, yeah, I can't run a warehouse, but somebody can whole ass that thing. So I'm not half assing it. Cause when you start to have ass things, yeah. it shows. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, going back to like, what do you say to, to early, you know, people starting things is like, learn you, you got it's like getting married like you you learn a lot about yourself in a hurry building a business right like what am i good at what am i not good at right you get married and it becomes really clear really quickly what you're not good at right like um you get to know yourself really well all of a sudden more so than you maybe ever wanted to when you first get married um, good analogy i like that i'm not good at getting married that's what i'm like uh, yeah he's not married yet <laughs> <laughs> But I, I can relate. I uh, I like that. Maybe um, you're half-assing dating. Um, maybe maybe you need that's a fine. I got, I got I got other stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we don't want to take too much more of your time, but we do have a few rapid-fire questions I like to throw you yeah. away, and then we always ask a food-related question at the end. But um, I've kind of been asking most of the questions for the most part. So Dom, you go ahead and find. I've been taking it all in because it's it's been yeah. This has been a very very cool yeah episode. Man. I figured this, this awesome. one would be very like philosophical, but like I'm just soaking it all in. Yep. Um, which is super cool. Where are we? Uh, I'll start off. You follow it. So, first question is: I see it. You got it. How many rounds of golf do you play per week? Two. This is the rapid two. fire, right? Keep it yep. short and sweet. Yeah, yep. about two oh, rounds. Two well, rounds. I'll, I'll say this: last summer or two summers ago, I played almost every day for the summer. And I Did went you from, really? Yeah, I would. I would go nice. out super early, like six thirty a.m. and walk. Oh, I take that back. That's awesome. That sounds awful. Morning golf is the best golf, right? That's my opinion. Yeah. I think you can get it because you, you have the whole rest of we've had. We've talked about this all the time. It's literally like one of our big uh, debates. Debates. Yeah, I was going to say arguments. We're not really arguing. So, yeah, definitely debate. Oh, I'll argue. But this is the other thing about rapid fire questions. This is how it always starts. It yeah, really rapid is, fire, my ass. Really rapid <laughs> fire because we end up, some of them are kind of loaded questions. Would you say we're half assing their rapid fire questions? We're half assing. I say that we're getting a whole ass answer because, oh like, God. it's, you know, you start into it and then you have to kind of explain, you know. I can't wait to make so. this a real. <laughs> I was going to say, we need, a, we're going to need whole ass hats and t shirts after this episode. I think so too. I like that. I, I'm down. I'll buy it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Don't go-to snack on the course um water or uh a uh, a protein shake probably early in the morning okay coffee water protein shake that's all i really want to do before noon okay so no like granola bar or anything like that some fruit or anything rx bar maybe if anything okay big ass chipotle burrito at like 6 a.m so i'm pretty good yeah yeah, they actually make a breakfast burrito. It's just off the menu. Taco Bell does. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite golf course that you've played? Oh, ever? You know, <laughs> probably I got to play the Grand Wailea with my uncle uh, when I was young and not any good at golf, but that was beautiful. This is on Maui, um, you know, right by the ocean. And I'm I'm sure I lost two dozen balls, but it was beautiful. That's how I felt playing Half Moon Bay. I was like, I don't belong here. And then I hit the <laughs> shot of my life. I'm like, maybe I do. <laughs> or I dropped that putt that nobody's recording on. I know. That was insane. Oh, bitch. That's how it works, though. 
I, nobody thought I'd make it, so they're not well, recording, and then it just drops, and I'm like, I told you. We just need to hire or uh, have someone just fully. Just we need a Jordan. Yeah, we need content. a Jordan. Jordan is yeah, Jordan Odin, man. He's just a sneaky good, just content. Like all he does is film, but it's like you don't even like really even pay attention to it. He has to have like three iPhones worth of like footage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, um, Jordan. Uh, why don't you do that one there? Good, because I don't want to read the long. Yeah, one. I'll take care of that one. Ugh. So you're packing for a golf trip. Where are you headed? Um, I've done a few to Palm Springs, so that's a good spot. Um, if I could go, you know, I, I would love to do Bandon. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely got to be one of the best, like, bucket list here in the in the in the United States in for the sure. US. Yeah. Okay, this one's kind of a weird question, but okay, what's worse, shanking a drive off the first tee? Blading your second shot after hitting a drive right down the middle or three putting after you hit a good drive and a good second shot. So before you answer, I did this. You did this? I Which did one? all of them. So it was the, it was the second hole yeah. of the exact I was playing. Yeah. Absolute moon shot of a drive. And I was like, this is beautiful. My round is going to be like golf is the great. Best. And I completely shanked my second shot. So like okay, now that I'm asking him, what which after you experienced that, what would you rather have? What would I rather have? None of them. <laughs> <laughs> or what's worse, I should say. Oh God, I'm the worst part for me is I'm bad with my driver. So the fact that I hit an absolute missile and I had this beautiful shot at the green, and I just shanked it, I was like, this is so disheartening. I don't want. I almost I almost left. Yeah. It's like, I should go home. That is brutal. But I paid $15, so I'm going to finish. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say the same thing, Dom, because I'm the same way. It's like, if I get to be, like, I'm good with my irons, right? So on the the less uh, likely opportunity or occasion that, like, the drive is awesome, if I then mess it up with my irons, it's like, okay, you just threw it away. You just threw away the one thing that doesn't usually go right. That's how I am, but I hit off the spot. And funny enough, I've never landed at this spot on this hole before. Weird, weird. I know. I untouched territory yeah, for me. Number two, the, yeah. The ground was so weird. I'm like, I don't like this. Um. Then I had a three putt, which was rough. I see. Yeah, I I would much rather. I mean, three putting sucks, but. I would much rather three putt and hit a really good drive and a really good iron shot. Just knowing that like, cause most people do have a lot. Yeah. I feel like, you know what I mean? I feel like putting yeah. is already kind of difficult, but a lot of, a lot of people's issue is getting off the tee. So it's like, if I can get off yeah. the tee and hit a good second shot onto the green, I mean, three putting does suck really badly, but I would much rather do that. But we yeah. had somebody last week, I think, or no, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, it said that, they would rather because the the question in the beginning I said would you rather shank a drive off the first tee because technically he's like well the dread the dreaded breakfast ball yeah where you're basically like or you you just hit it off the tee like you duff it and everyone's staring at you watching I'm like yes that sucks but at least you kept your golf ball where if you shank it and you're like go OB you know that's now you're yeah so I'm I'm with you there you're like. Anytime I'm not searching for a damn ball, I'm in a good yeah. mood, right? It's so like three exactly. putt, whatever, I can find it. Yep. Yep, 100%. You know? But no, I was telling Derek, that was a first. I, I, is it a round of golf? Half round of golf, whatever. You just played nine holes. I didn't lose a single golf ball. 
That's is a awesome. good round. I was telling him, yeah, there's a lot of water around there. So that's impressive. Shout out Jordan Oden for making a, a good ball <laughs> um, that I beat up on. Our, our last question is always a food-related question. So if me and Dom came out and visited you, where where would we go to eat? Ooh. For me, it's always, I mean, as long as you guys are up for it, for me, it's always Thai food. I love Thai, Thai food. food. Okay. Is there a specific restaurant that you would uh, that would go to? Well, out here in the suburbs, the options aren't, you know, as vast. But I do have a good Thai food place by my house and by the course I usually play um, called Lao Thai. So that would probably be it. Uh, and there's another one nearby. But, you know, I'm from Seattle. If we were in Seattle, I could take you to, you know, an even better place. But if it's my choice, it's always Thai food. Okay. I love, love Thai yeah. food. I, I mean, I don't eat it very often, but I do. I like Thai food as well. I just, we don't really eat it very often, but. You should. I know. Bucket list. Yeah, you should. <laughs> well, Gabe, man, it's been a pleasure, dude. We really had a blast kind of picking your brain and just learning how you guys kind of got the, the golf. We should start our own business. And, yeah, <laughs> you should. You should. Go <laughs> read Start Stuff. On the snag. <laughs> Go read Start Stuff and tell me if you get inspired and you start a business immediately. That's what, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to start reading right after we get out this podcast. But, I don't no, know. We, <laughs> we'd love to have you on again down the road. I know, obviously, you'd mentioned... You'd mentioned uh, the the uh, steel shafts and all that, so we'd like to have you on again, and we can kind of maybe have something else launching in the near future. It'll so. be interesting to see what sells better, the graphite or the steel. Yeah, I know, I know. That's all. That's always. I tell you, that's one of the hardest things in this business is you got to order a bunch of stuff, and you got to kind of, especially with Brandy, you got to guess. You're like, well, how much of it do we order? Because you're like, if you order too little and it's fire, and people like it flies off the shelves, you're like, damn it. And yeah, then if you order too much. And it moves slow. You're like, damn it, because I should have bought other things. So that is, that's a big challenge. Sure. Well, surveys surveys say, yeah, survey says it should be about 50, 50. We'll see. Okay. Well, we're going to find out down the road here. I'll swear that. Give me those steel shafts any day. (laughs) Thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. And, and, And like I said, fantastic job. Keep up all the great work and you're doing awesome. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Take care. Good chatting with you guys. All right. Later.